The following podcast may contain content that is not suitable for all ages or sensitive ears. Please be responsible. Thank you, and donkey. Hello, Save Them family. Landon here. This week, we want to, or in the next couple of podcast episodes, we wanted to give a landscape of what the trafficking looks like in South Africa. And uh, you can extrapolate a lot of this to uh, different countries. Um, parts of what's happening in South Africa are you somewhat unique to South Africa, and we'll cover that in the episode on the Zamazamas and the uh, illegal mining activity and the labor trafficking that goes on there. But in the areas of sex trafficking, I would say it's 90, 95% overlap uh, with what's going on stateside or in Europe, or pretty much any country. It's very, very similar. And um, and just kind of the apathy that you get and the, the lack of doing anything uh, when it comes to different authority structures, uh, you, you could overlay that into many, many different places. So uh, that's, that's um, something to take away as we talk about our first episode, which is going to look at sex trafficking in South Africa. Um, the other one that we'll, we'll highlight is uh, knocking. Knocking is um, part of the, the trafficking setup where people are run in coordinated gangs to actually go and steal stuff from people's houses or from um, cars or just from, even from their own person. And uh, that is a very coordinated activity and, and people live in these uh, really horrible places uh, where we have spent much time uh, pulling people out and uh, trying to help those who, who do want to leave those environments. So that's a quick overview of uh, what the, the next couple podcasts are going to highlight. This I'm trying to use pieces from South Africa uh, as far as kind of media productions that um, help help under, you understand exactly what's going on there if you're not familiar with South Africa. Uh, what I'll do is I'm going to extract the audio and put it into the podcast here so you can listen to it while you're driving or on your headphones or whatever. Um, but I'll also include the uh, video links in the description for each podcast so that you can also go and uh, watch uh, the videos that these audios are extracted from so you can also get a visual on what this looks like in South Africa. And it gives you a little bit of an idea of the world that we roll in and uh, what Save Them is involved in, especially when we're trying to assist the authorities with these different problems where they are under-resourced. So, okay. Uh, Yeah, enjoy this first episode where we are going to look at a broadcast that was just put out last week. um, And this information in this broadcast is a really good summary of the things that we at Save Them have been screaming from the <laughs> from the rafters uh, for eight years, trying to get somebody to listen and pay attention, and have made incremental progress. Um, but the fact that this conversation is happening on the SABC, which is the South African uh, government television station, um, and that it's happening with a major advocate uh, who we um, we do run in those circles. Um, an advocate would be a lawyer, loosely in uh, Western parlance, um, or in U.S. parlance. Uh, 
here's the deal. We can screen these things from the rafters, but what what you're gonna hear, and I'm gonna let the whole I'm gonna let the whole clip run. Um, they're they're even gonna talk about the current conversation that's ongoing in South Africa about legalizing uh, sex work. And although we have differing opinions on these things, what I what I want you to pay attention to is that the advocate, even though she is for the legalization of sex work, um, what you'll hear her talk about is that even if they did legalize it. It doesn't matter because there's no enforcement arm of the government or the authorities who will actually enforce the legalization. So what will happen is you'll legalize something which makes those who do want to crack down on sex trafficking unable. It'll make them unable to do their work because they can't make arrests. But meanwhile, the regulation of said industry actually doesn't happen either. So... Now you've just got the worst of both worlds. So um, a lot of times people get caught up on the, the, the debate on the topic itself. But I want you to hear actually that even though she has a different perspective from us on um, the fact that it should be legalized, uh, what she's saying is that even if it does happen, it, it's immaterial because nobody's going to enforce it. And we're right back where we started. So a uh, very interesting take on the whole thing. Really appreciate the conversation these two ladies have, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it over to the broadcast and give you an insight into sex trafficking in South Africa. All right, this is Landon, and I'm out. An international report has identified South Africa as the source transit point, as well as a destination for human trafficking. The report was compiled by the U.S. Agency for International Development and its research partners and is aimed at providing evidence on the nature and magnitude of human trafficking in South Africa to policymakers. Advocate Brenda Madumise, the director of women empowerment organization Wise for Africa, joins us to talk more about this. Advocate, thanks for your time. It's good to have you to have this conversation about a, a, a very uncomfortable topic and yet something that we need to speak about because I don't think that we understand the severity of human trafficking here in South Africa and this report may just shed a lot more light on it. Good morning Leanne and absolutely that report is long overdue and it is I understand it will be released in March in full. Uh, it's something that South Africans need to grapple with and understand the, the, the extent, the complexity and the magnitude of the problem. Human trafficking and it's sex trafficking most of the time uh, is worldwide. And and if South Africa is, plays a bigger role in that global network, then we, we there's cause for concern and for us to stop for a second and decide how we're going to attend to it and deal with it. Remember, we also have the prevention and combating of trafficking of persons. We've got a law. And we should be asking ourselves if we do have a policy framework and legislation that assists law enforcement agencies, that assists all of us as citizens of this country on how to combat and prevent human trafficking. Why is it that now this report highlights that we as a country are a source and a transit uh, for, for, for human trafficking.
Yeah. So let's talk a little bit more about this because from what I'm understanding, and I actually, it, it, it took me back slightly where we look at just a bit, as you say, the full report is only coming out in March, but the little bit of information that is available. So we'll, we'll talk to what we know so far. They're saying that um, the biggest areas that, uh, that are, are seeing the, um, the, the human trafficking, the areas that have been identified as the sex traffic hubs is the Johannesburg CBD, Saxon World, and Sandringham here in Johannesburg. Um, yeah. These are, this, this is sort of, this, this really sort of shook me a little bit. I mean, these are the residential areas, some of the areas you wouldn't think that this is where it's happening. And yet these have been identified as the key hotspot areas. Yeah, and, and, and to your point, most people will think that it could never happen in in, in suburbia, especially um, high-end suburbia, right? So it's Sandringham, it's Saxon World. I remember five years ago how we got to know that the a brothel was operating in Houghton was through housekeepers because housekeepers get to know the ins and outs in, 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 in their streets. They were the ones who told us that in this street, on Fifth Street in, in, in Houghton, there is a brothel going on. So we so the coordination that needs to happen is that so society and communities must be alert and, get, and know what is going on. They should not be let down by law enforcement agencies because I think there's goodwill from South Africans to report crimes now that people get get to know and know and they have the information. They're able to whistleblow. They're able to tell others that this is what's going on in my area. But once that information is taken over to law enforcement agencies is where you find the gaps and you find challenges because sometimes law enforcement agencies would have known about that area and decided to look the other way. Mm. Possibly that they are being paid to look the other way or maybe they're overstretched because we are all inundated with all sorts of things in this country. But human trafficking has not been put on the national agenda as it should, it should be in this country. Yeah. All other jurisdictions, if you look at them, whether it's in, in the U.S., whether it's in the U.K., and you will see in the U.S. they've been successful with challenging Pornhub uh, for using underage children uh, in, in, in trafficking. And they were able to shut down some of those sites in Pornhub because they, it, it was being, it was, those young girls were being trafficked. They were lured into this kind of work under the pretense that they've got a job only to find that it's, it's sex work. Indeed. And this is something that we see happening so often. And it's so freely available. It is out there. It, yeah. is, uh, it, it is something that everybody's seeing, watching and keeping very quiet about. And this is a great worry. It really is. And I mean, we, we speak about this. We speak about the fact of how, how these young girls and women are lured through, you know, making them addicted to drugs. And then they are stuck yeah. in this world where they just cannot get out of it. All forms of identity is taken away from them, and that is what becomes of them. But what scares me most of all, and advocate, uh, just again reading into this, is how they are saying that um, 11,000 cases have been reported to police over seven years, and less than 80 human trafficking cases actually made it into the country's courts. This yeah. frightens me. What, what's going on there? It should frighten all of us. Uh, and it's not just that case or those cases. It's a, a pervasive um, 
you know, cancer in this country that law enforcement is our Achilles heel in this country. It is, and we need we need not shy uh, from it and and saying it. It is an Achilles heel that uh, unless a matter becomes prominent and high profile, is then that you see the police acting with gusto and and fervor. Um, but day to day, you require a law enforcement culture that is one dedicated to being swift and precise with their investigations and acting once something is reported to them. This laser fair attitude that we get from South African police service, uh, it's, it's, not helping, it's not helping this country. So in, in human trafficking, you need a multi-sexual approach. You need home affairs in it. You need the hawks. Remember, human trafficking also is dedicated to the hawks. The hawks are supposed to, they have got a unit that just deals with human trafficking. So that unit has to up their game and ensure that they give the confidence to South Africans that they are attending to it. One of the, of the challenges faced by the police, I think, especially in prosecution, which is the NPA, is when you have to find witnesses. Because, you know, once you are lured into this work, your, your passport is taken away, your yeah. ID, ID document is taken away, and when, when they are raided, for instance, and the, your trafficker produces a fake marriage certificate, then the police, have, they can't act because now there's a marriage certificate. They still need to check the veracity of that marriage certificate. It happens uh, that, that um, you know, they will produce fake and uh, uh, information documents, and then the police don't go further because they think that those documents are, are real. So that's why you need, um, it can't be the hawk sitting alone. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a multi-sexual approach that requires home affairs, that requires um, the hawks, SAPS, NPA um, and and everybody has to come in to, to come to the party with that determination to read our this country uh, that we don't become a transit point and destination. We are destination because we've got a number of brothels in this country. We've got a number of uh, um, strip joints that bring in East European girls under the pretense of a job, and only to find that they are now going to be subjected to these inhumane conditions. Yeah. And this is, this is a, I mean, I know it's a global trend and it is something that is very frightening, that people need to keep their eyes very open. This, uh, something that you spoke about quite earlier on in this, uh, in this interview was where people are the ones, that the, the citizens are the ones that need to keep their eyes open. I mean, there's a case that we are going to see happening in court this morning. It's this, um, this uh, Gerard Ackerman. I mean, he's got 740 yeah. charges. Let's just remind viewers, 740 charges Action. against him. Um, he's accused of it, ranging from rape, attempted murder, distribution of child pornography, and human trafficking yeah. of minor children for sexual exploitation. Now, he yeah. was out on 6,000 Rand bail, 6,000 Rand bail. That's ridiculous. He then didn't come to court. And you know who yeah. arrested him? Citizens arrested him. They saw him walking Action. around a shopping center in Florida. They jumped on him called the police and said, we've got him, come and arrest him. Now, this, I mean... Yeah, go ahead, go ahead Leah. No, yeah. you, you finished the story for me because inside yeah, my because house I'm thinking nothing is right about this story. So, a so, couple of things. So, the citizens did exactly that. You then have law enforcement, and when I saw law enforcement, I talk about the entire uh, value chain in the law enforcement chain that you, you are presented with someone with such a long docket of transgressions. 
close to 700 that minor children involved, 10-year-olds, 11-year-olds, and 12-year-olds. You release that individual on, on bail. And in fact, you make a mockery of it and say 6,000 rand. That person is a possible flight risk. And in fact, he has shown you that I am a risk, a flight risk. Because if he was able to be released on a 6,000 rand bail and not appear when he was supposed to appear, and you thought that uh, by doing that, you, you, you have secured his attendance to court. No, those people are dangerous. Those people should be kept in until the trial is completed. And that's the attitude that the magistrate should have taken. The prosecutor when, who is leading this case should have taken and not be solved. And that's what we require. We require that kind of involvement, that kind of sensitivity and mm -hmm. understand that once you, 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 you let someone like that out, the community gets frustrated. They, they just get despondent mm -hmm. and they're not, go, they're not going to be willing to assist because they just think that it's, it's just going downhill and their efforts are not recognized. And, and it's a great worry. It really is a great worry because, I mean, even I think it was last week we were having a conversation with one of our guests talking about how, you know, these these people are preying on young girls everywhere in shopping centers, uh, in at 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 nightclubs, in schools, you name it. I'm, I'm, I know that we are uh, we're talking to the fact that this may become a that South Africa is looking like a transit hub, but it's also young South African girls that are falling victim to this and it's through different provinces that they're taken from the one to the other and then they find themselves in a situation that they cannot get out of. They're told how beautiful they are and they could be a model and they could be a famous actress or whatever the case may be and that is the end of them. And it's, it's, it's a very, very big problem that's happening here in South Africa. But if we talk about being a transit hub, I mean, what is this telling us about our borders? and the porousness of our oh. borders, because that, oh, we that said, is a big worry. Yeah, we have said it a number of times that we've got porous borders. I mean, I, it, we live it every day, and, and you hear from the past that be uh, being, uh, you know, beating up their chest of things that they're going to do and change, and absolutely nothing that gets done. So for if you don't have proper border control, uh, where you, you do not know who comes in and out. We know in this country at the moment that we have been told we, uh, we don't know how many people who don't have le legal documents to be the country, how many do we have? Because we, we, you know, it has been a free for all. You can enter and, 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 and get out as, 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 as you please. No one checks on you, uh, checks on you. And the, our response as a country was that, oh my goodness, we're going to appoint border control patrols. Now, we need to ask, as, as of today, with those border, uh, border patrols being deployed, has anything changed? Do we still have people who can just walk in into the country? No record of them. And fundamentally, Leanne, is this country has got multiple databases sitting fragmented. No, not one talking to, a, to, to the other. If we were to ask Minister of Home Affairs to come and tell us where our fingerprints are, are located and stored, whether there's a re repository that can be accessed by the South African police, can be accessed by the NPA, can be accessed by customs and SARS, can be as accessed by the hogs, you'll be shocked because all of these databases are desperate and sitting in, 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 in individual ministries. So that, that's a problem because you are not going to be able to connect uh, these crimes because 
one one part of of government has got this information and you don't have that information they're not talking to each other yeah. now and and also these traffickers prey on the vulnerable prey on people who are experiencing financial challenges mm. Right. When you are a student, you you are on on NSFAS and you cannot afford even to have accommodation. You're sleeping in the library as, as a student and someone promises you, lures in to, into a job and says, I've got a job for you. And you, you take it because you think it might change your fortunes only to find that you are actually a, a modern day slave. And that's what's happening to many of our young girls. And I mean, children are helpless. Because there's nothing they can do, but they are, they are, they are, being, they are being kidnapped on a daily basis and, and trafficked. Yeah. I want to also talk about, I mean, the, the topic of conversation that I think is exceptionally topical right now is the decriminalization of sex workers in the country. Now, talking to experts, and in fact, this was the conversation we had last week, because I think the, the deadline is coming up. Well, I'm trying yeah, to look for the, for the public day. comments. It yeah. is now, right? I think it's the end of this, this month. This week, yeah. It's this week. Yeah. It's coming up, the public comments. And there is a great worry that by decriminalizing sex work in South Africa, this is going to open even more trafficking up because you're going to find even more people coming in or being trafficked into the country for sex work, which is now decriminalized. But the reality is, is that what comes with it could be huge problems associated with it. That's what some people are believing. Others are saying, no, it is a good thing that they, you know, that you could have sex workers that finally have a lot more rights to do the job that they want to do. Where do you stand on this? And with particular reference to human trafficking and how this may exacerbate the situation? So first of all, I think as a country, we need to understand that we've got a constitution that gives us the right to choose, right? We all choose um, career that you want to be involved in they might be precarious some of these uh, careers that we choose but that's the nature of the beast that uh, if i choose that the sex work is 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 work that i want to be involved in that's my choice what we're trying to do is to make sure that we protect the women who are in 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 in, in that space right same as we want to protect the farm workers who, are, who get paid with, with alcohol, you need to protect their rights to be recognized as human beings and be, be compensated correctly and properly. Now, if we do not protect the sex workers, the violence continues with, with the sex workers. They, 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 those who, who are, you know, potential buyers of this kind of, of service, they abuse those, those, those girls. They abuse those, they, they, there's a litany of stories that you hear from the women of what happens to them. Mm -hmm. If you do regulate it, and I think we have got jurisdictions that have shown that you can do it successfully. I think they, they, the reluctance or the fear from most Africans is that if you have the kind of law enforcement that we have had for so long in this country, the chances of their, of police officers and law officials enforcing the law is very slim and so it it then opens up a can of worms where everyone thinks that we can we can do and bring as many people as we can because everyone wants to be a sex worker so i think at the core of this thing let's let's not lose sight of what what we are, we are trying to achieve with the decrim of, of 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 sex work 
But I think what we need and, and to give the confidence to South Africans is that the law enforcement part of it will work. But I think we know that history has taught us, our reality has taught us on a daily basis that that's not the case. So people have got the right to be concerned because they know that, you know, more can happen. Indeed. All right. So the state has got an obligation. If the state is serious about decrease of, 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 of sex work, then they need to beef up the, 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 the law enforcement side and the, uh, the criminal justice system. They have to beef it up. Advocate, we've got to leave it there. We will certainly invite you back when this full report comes out into the full extent of human trafficking here in South Africa. It is a devastating story. Advocate Brenda Madumisa, the director of women's empowerment organization Wise for Africa, commenting on this international report and the shocking stories that certainly do come out of it. Even one that was reported in Saturday newspapers about um, a house in Bryanston where um, ladies that had been trafficked from the east to South Africa are basically being held captive there, passports taken away and are forced into this world. No, their visas have expired and there is nothing they can do. And this is a very... Hey, Landon here again. I just wanted to cycle back in as we wrapped up that broadcast. And I really hope you, you stayed with us through that because that is a very important conversation that's happening in South Africa. And I hope that you can see that these kind of conversations are conversations that should be happening everywhere. Uh, so whether it's in your own backyard or not, um, people need to be paying attention to this stuff. It's going on all over the place. And uh, just by even beginning to have that conversation in your local neighborhood with your city council, with your local police, uh, you're doing something to affect change even just starting there. Uh, and then obviously when it comes into praying and helping and assisting those who are victims, uh, that's taking another step. Uh, but thank you for listening through and getting an understanding on sex trafficking. Um, please join us for our next podcast. We're going to, we're going to explore um, the world of knocking in South Africa. Um, and we'll follow that up with a look at the Zamazamas and the illegal mining and labor trafficking that goes on with that. So thanks for being with us today. And I hope that that was educational. And please spread the, the good work. Don't forget about us. We're at savethem.org. And anybody who needs assistance, please reach out to us via our website and let us know how we can assist. And if we can activate our network to do that, we will. Also, um, please support the fight if you can. Uh, we're always in need of partners who help fund the tip of the spear work that we do. All right, everybody take care. This is Landon out. Cheers.